Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the return of the Ninth State Sports Show. My name is Joe Marcellina. I'm happy to be back with you for the spring high school sports season. Uh, while we're still a few days away from the start of uh, lacrosse and baseball and softball, uh, this week I am joined by Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Uh, before we get started, I'd like to remind you, uh, just like in the fall, We'll be recording the shows on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. You can be a part of the conversation by emailing me at nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget the show is available to listen to every Thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com. Uh, let's welcome in this week's guest. Uh, Coach, thanks for coming down to join me. Um, how are things going for you guys? Well, Joe, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's a great venue here. Um, Things have been going really well. Uh, we had a we had a great first week of uh, practice. We had double sessions. Um, the week before that, we uh, we went to Syracuse. We had a we had a little mini bonding trip up in Syracuse where um, we went down to Colgate. Uh, we went down to my alma mater. We watched them uh, do their preseason or their pregame practice for Army. Uh, so kids got a tour of campus. Then we went down to the uh, Onondaga Indian Reservation. Uh, saw the Iroquois Stickmaker. Uh, got a got a really neat uh, cultural and history lesson from him on just the the background of the origins of lacrosse, uh, the whole stick making process. So the kids kids had a blast with that. Uh, then the next day we went up to Syracuse, saw Duke and Syracuse play an amazing overtime game. A lot of fun. Ran around the dome a little bit, and then uh, you know we did some rock climbing and stuff. So we had a, we had a great preseason there, and then we did uh, we did double sessions. We have a we have a as you know we have a strange spring break where we don't right, do the February yeah, yeah. thing. And um, so it gave us a nice jump on the season. We had over 20 plus hours of lacrosse in, and um, you know now we're just kind of hoping that the weather cooperates. Today was uh, today was quite a, a wet day. Yeah, as I'm I'm sure uh, you know I've heard from a lot of um, the coaches I've, I've emailed back and forth with this spring. Um, you know they're all lamenting the fact that that it's you know snowing in April and uh, fields are a mess. Um, but then they kind of followed up with well. Everybody's got to be in, the, in in a bit of the same boat. I know there are some schools like yourselves, uh, the Nashua schools, yeah, Sauhegan now is a yeah. turf. I saw that uh, Oyster River now has turf. I um, that's that. it was no, a surprise. A uh, Portsmouth. Um, so I, uh, of course there more are some teams, yeah, right? Yeah. More and more. I, th I think more and more. If you're a team in New England, you gotta you gotta have turf. But yeah, field space was definitely in a premium. Uh, I've been talking to Sean O'Brien up at Merrimack Valley all week, and he you know he's been struggling with that and. Uh, the team we're opening up against on Monday, Bo, has actually been renting field space. They were at our, our turf last night from uh, 7.30 to 9. So people are doing whatever it takes to, to try and get ready for the spring. So this um, trip that you were taking, you, do you like to try to take these trips every year? I know last year you guys were able to you know, put together a trip down to Florida during one of your, your uh, vacation weeks there. Um, you know, obviously that's a... <laughs> almost uh, yeah. a difficult thing to, to put together trying to coordinate you know 20 30 high school kids plus mm -hmm. a couple of grown-ups different locations um, but is that something that you you feel like your need your team needs to do going into the season or is it just something you like to do I don't think it's like we need to do it but I, I found over the years uh, it's kind of evolved into something that's helped our team come together a little bit you know we get a lot of new kids on our team and and unlike a lot of schools we we only have 36 guys in our whole program right so our freshmen that come in, they're oftentimes integral parts of the offense or defense. So to, to build that relationship with the upperclassmen uh, is huge. It started actually way back we won when we won them the first time back in 2010. 
we had a kid on the team whose uh, cousin played for Duke, and they were playing down at Harvard. So we just, on a whim, took the buses, went down, and you know did a little preseason thing and watched them play. And then over the years, it's grown. As you said, last year, we were able to finally pull together a spring break trip to go down to Florida. Um, that was just an amazing experience and, and gave us a huge, I mean, the weather alone just gave us a huge jump on everybody else. But, you know, like you said, we, it's not something that we feel like we can do every year. Just it's a, it's a big expense, and, and we don't want to do that to parents every year. We were able to go to Syracuse for, uh, for three days, and, and we did it for $65 a kid. So it was a great value, and, and they had a lot of fun doing it. Something that the, the Florida trip, something you do every four years. Everybody cycled out of the program by that point. You know, uh, I guess that's the, the the thing about high school is you're all you know, it, it's constantly changing. You're always having new kids in there, so get some yeah. once they get get the opportunity for a new experience. We're, we're or, actually uh, hoping we can do it more than once every four yeah. years. We're hoping that we could do it like every other year, every every three years or something like that. Because there, I mean, there's tremendous value in it. It's just it's it's making it financially work for everybody, so nobody feels like it, they're excluded and like they can't be part of the team if they can't go on that trip. We never want to make it that way, but yeah, we'd love we'd love to do it every year. <laughs> uh, you know, going into this year, you know, you guys are coming off um, a big year last year, winning uh, winning a D two title. A year after making it to the final in your first two years the end of the division um you know is there i I know a lot of people on the outside will look at you guys because you know it's a private school uh you guys have had success for the last i don't know seven eight nine years uh is there any reason to think that you guys don't come into division two this year as the favorite the only the only reason i think people aren't looking at us as the clear-cut favorite is uh is dover dropping down from division one you know dover is a very talented team they were young last year they made the division one playoffs uh coach silverio is a very good coach and um you know offensively they've got a lot of weapons um you know i think they're a very similar team to us um but you know no i I think most teams we still have a bullseye on our back i think everybody wants to come and beat us and, and knock us off um, but I, I think if Dover had not come down, I, I think people would clearly be saying, oh, yeah, Derry Field again, here we go, you know. But, um, no, I think, I think there's, there's five or six teams that all believe that they can, they can make it to the state championship and, and win uh, this season. You know, looking at the group that you have this year, um, you guys obviously lost um, some pretty good seniors from last year. Uh, looking at what you have, though, what do you, what, what do you like about this group that you've got this year? You know, just, just like in other years, um, I've been talking to some people about this. I like the fact that when teams scout us, they can they can look and say, okay, we want to take away Lee Sipes or we want to take away uh, John McLean or somebody. And that doesn't disrupt our offense. It, we, have, we, we are able to put out six guys who can all handle the ball, who all are capable of scoring, and just feed off each other. So there's no, there's no like, oh, yeah, this is our guy, that if we shut him down, Derry Field's done. You know, and that's what we've tried to build over the last couple of years is an offense that doesn't rely on one single player that, okay, if that guy's having a bad day, well, somebody else steps up and, and is able to put the ball in the back of the net. So that's what uh, early season I'm really encouraged. I see that again with our team that, you know, we're not going to be relying on one single player. There's, there's five, six guys, and then there's guys coming off the bench that are all going to be able to contribute. My goal, I told my guys, I want to see 10 guys in the box score every game. I don't want to see one guy with, you know, five and four. Does that happen? Sure, that'd be great. But you know, I, w- I would rather see every single guy with two and one next to their name. You know, that that would be my goal. Um. You know, how about um, you know defensively? What do you have on that side of the ball? Uh, you know, 
who are some of the guys that you're looking at to step up and, yeah. and, and be you know that solid back there for you? Biggest advantage we had last season was that we were in so many games that we we were able to break the game open early, and we got guys uh, we got guys experience so that now coming into the season, you know, you look at it, we lost three starting defensemen. They were all seniors, and for most teams, that would be that would be devastating. But for us, we had guys that got experience last year. We had uh, a freshman LSM who's committed to Hobart, who who will be relied on big time. Uh, our goaltender last year was a freshman. He gained valuable experience, state champion as a freshman, so he'll be looked, he'll be leaned upon. And then we've got again seniors who have put in their time, who got time last year. Chris Benson uh, committed to Bentley. Uh, Nick Leclerc, who's going to play at the Milwaukee Institute of Technology out there, he's a uh, he, he's a um, end up being a tech major. Wants to do um, all kinds of stuff with architecture and architectural design. Um, we've got a very strong defense coming in and guys ready to step up and, and fill the role that those seniors graduated last year with. You know, you mentioned your goalie, and uh, you know. I, I think anybody watching you guys last year, though, and hearing you say he was a freshman last year, um, might maybe do a double take because he never, I don't think he ever really played like a freshman. Um, you know, what can you just say about how he's maybe taken the next step this year as a sophomore? Sure. Uh, I mean, Avery was extremely poised last year. Um, you know, clearing the ball was a, was a huge strength of him. He didn't get rattled. Some of that was because he had a very calming influence in front of you. Anytime you have three seniors in front of you, you're not real worried about being left on an island, um, and the defense did a great job of funneling shots to him that he felt comfortable with last year. In the preseason, I've seen him experimenting a little bit more with, with putting himself in some uncomfortable situations and taking shots from different areas that maybe are not ideal, but he wants to challenge himself a little bit more. Um, and I think some of that comes from, we have a great backup goalie too in Jack Perkins, who has been, who's been pushing him as well and playing very well during the preseason. And, you know, we, we also talked about the goaltending group being a team and those guys working together to push themselves. And, and I think they are. They're really, they really seem to enjoy that competition and uh, working together to make each other better. Um, so that's been a neat thing that's been evolving over preseason is our, our goalie, we don't want to call it a competition. It's more like a, a goalie work group where they're, they're working to push each other in very positive ways. So. Yeah, how, how much do you like to see that sometimes, the competition part of it? I mean, I've talked to coaching coaches over the years who say, you know, that they want, you know, yes, maybe they go into the year with this kid's here and this kid's there, and it's known, yeah. but it's never really solidified. Um, you want to see kids, like, kind of stepping up. I mean, do you, do you like seeing that when you come out here over these couple of weeks, and, and has there been any surprises? Yeah, um, you know, I I think on our team, having a smaller team, I think guys come, for better or for worse, guys come into the season kind of feeling like, okay, you know, this is my role on the team, and sometimes it's my job to break them out of that, right? Some guys are very uh, resigned or okay with being, you know, I'm going to be a flex guy this year. I'm going to play a little JV. I'm going to play varsity. And it's my job to push them and, and say, no, I want you competing for that job. Don't feel just because this kid's a senior or a junior that that spot's theirs, right? Because that doesn't help them either. Like we need, we need those guys um, pushing each other. Uh, we have a freshman, uh, Gunner Senator, who's come in a little bit, a little bit undersized, but lightning quick, great righty lefty, uh, and he's pushing our attack right now. He's doing a great job, and and it's actually giving us some flexibility to be able to move uh, John McLean, who who played attack for us last year. And, and actually possibly use him in more of a midfield role as well and give us a little bit more depth. So, yeah, guys like Gunner and some of the other freshmen, uh, 
Matt Weimer and Henry Howe at the midfield. They're, they're giving us some nice depth and, and ability to kind of move some guys around. So. I think John McLean might be one of my favorite lacrosse names going into this season. <laughs> Just, you know, I, I don't know. Do you make diehard references with high school kids? Or I is know, that a right? too it's much for them? It uh, may not be too much, but it might be. It might be a one that goes over, goes over their head, their head a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, um, so you know, you mentioned Dover um, as being a t- another team that that's gonna ex- should be at the top of the division. Um, and you guys, you know, looking up your schedule, you guys unfortunately don't play them. Um, you know, you you mentioned you open with Bo. Uh, a lot going on in between there, though. Um, yeah. You know, a couple other teams that that you know should be uh, give you guys some you know a good game. Wyndham. You know, uh, Dover is the only one that disappoints me that isn't on this. Well, Merrimack Valley, we'll talk a little bit about Merrimack Valley, too. But we, you know, I when we originally put in for this schedule, I asked the NHIA for a 17 game schedule. Didn't want to play anybody. You know, I want to play everybody in our division once. I I feel like that's and there's what, eight, 18. I think there's 18 teams. So it would have would have been perfect. Yeah. You know, and so instead they gave us a they gave us, I think, a 16 game schedule. And we ended up playing two teams twice. We played Bo twice and we played Memorial twice. Um, and then we added we added Concord to that. Concord obviously right, handed right. us our one loss last year. Can't duck. I was gonna say yeah, that's a, that's right? you so you gotta. <laughs> I, you gotta many a lot of your returning kids have yep. the 17th of May already yep. circled so on their they definitely do on their, their um, schedules. You know that'll be senior day for them too, so that'll be a big one for them. Um, but no, I think uh, Hollis returns a very strong defense. Obviously, you know they're always well coached. Yeah, new coach um, this year. Yeah. New coach Rich McDonough uh, comes from a strong lacrosse background down in Baltimore. Um, you know, he's, he was a goalie at Fairfield, so he, they'll, they'll definitely be strong defensively, and they're going to get better offensively as the year goes on. Um, Wyndham got a nice piece back in Jared Heath. Uh, he, was a, he was a prep player uh, that came back to school. I, I think they're planning on using him at midfield a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and Coach Rosenberski always puts a good product out there, so I expect Wyndham to be in that top and, six. And again. you guys always seem to play, or at least in the last couple of years, play really good games mm-hmm. against them, really yep. entertaining games. In fact, that, um, that game is actually being moved to May 6th, Saturday, May 6th. Right. Uh, we're going to play over at um, St. A's, and it's going to be a fundraiser for uh, Manchester Pal and uh, startup youth lacrosse programs to, uh, with along with 603 Lacks to uh, – you uh, collect used, slightly used equipment yeah. for everybody, so that, right. that, that's oh. going to be a fun night um, with them. Yeah, and uh, probably get the youth kids playing. Where I think we're going to have a Pelham Wyndham youth game before. Nice, the end. very nice. Yeah. Uh, um, other teams, Portsmouth. Portsmouth has uh, has some really nice offensive pieces coming back. They they return their goalie. Um, Zadok White is probably one of the one of the top midfielders in the league. Um, Oliver Allen. Uh, they have two other middies, Brahms and Begley. Uh, that'll be good. So offensively, they're going to they're gonna be a pretty good team. Um, St. Thomas, Coach Houlihan always puts together a, a good program, and they always seem to play us tough. Um, you know, they, they lost some big pieces, but I, I, I would expect them to be in the mix there. Um, I'm, I'm in, you know, the last, you know, as you're talking about this, looking at the schedule, the last six games there, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what Pembroke has or what they've got back or, or how strong they'll be, but it's kind of mixed in there between Portsmouth mm-hmm. and Concord, and then you yep. go on the road for the the last three at Winnicott and at Bow and at Goffstown, which I, I'm, you know, I'm a little excited that you've got that one on the schedule this yeah. year because the last couple of years you guys have right. been two of the better teams in the division and didn't play in the regular season. Um, you I'm know, glad how we get Goffstown at the end of the season because they're they're going to be a young team to start. 
and I, I want to play them when they're at their best. It's always fun. You know, we we want to uh, we want to play them when they're when they're peaking. It's going to be their senior night. They're going to give everything they they got for us. Um, but they they are a little bit young. They they graduated something crazy like. 14, 15 seniors last right, year. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're going to be a little bit young. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, they're, they're going to be, they'll, they'll be a good team as well. Um, I, I would expect them definitely to be in the top eight. Um, you know, the one team we haven't talked about on that isn't on our schedule is Merrimack Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, their biggest, their biggest problem is, you know, talking to coach, coach O'Brien is they just, they, they don't seem to have the field space or the time that they'd like. Yeah. But man, if they've got some, they've got some really good uh, offensive pieces over there. They've probably got the best attackman in the league in Dylan Arant. Uh, he's a New Hampshire Tomahawk. You know, looking at some big schools, he's a big boy, and he's going to cause some matchup problems for uh, for teams this year. They've got a good face-off midfielder in Chase Mercier. Um, Josh Farmer, who's committed to uh, Southern New Hampshire University, down on defense. Nick Kufos, uh, an LSM. Uh, their goalie's gotten better and better. They, you know. From every position on there, they've got all the pieces. And looking at their schedule, their schedule is not overly difficult. It would not shock me if they were if they if they were a top four seed mm-hmm. come playoff time. Um, you know, looking at, at this schedule and and what you know about your team, what's maybe the biggest thing that worries you? Uh, you know, in terms of the regular season. I know obviously you get to the playoffs and it's it, it's anybody's guess what ends up happening. Um, but looking at what you what you know already, you know what what maybe concerns you the most. Um, like any team, I think I think injuries play a role, right? Can we stay healthy throughout the season? Like most teams in, in Division Two and Division Three, we're not as deep as the D one teams. I think you know from uh, one through ten that we roll out there, we can compete with most any teams. But then you know if we get a couple key guys injured, who can we get younger guys to step up? Um, you know, chemistry, you know, like like we talked about, we lost some very good seniors last year. We have talent there, but how does that all mesh, right? How do they all work together? You know, can they find, can we find an offense and a defense that works for them? And then, you know, there's that complacency factor. You know, like, I mean, we have been a very good team for a long time. Do these guys buy in and work hard every day and believe that there's teams out there that can beat them? That's my job to kind of beat it into them to hopefully uh, get them to believe in that. But, um, you know, I, I would say those are the three things that I worry about the most. We do have we do have a tough stretch there. We play um, – we actually – our Portsmouth game is actually on the 29th. So we go to Keene on the 28th. We play on Saturday against them. Then we turn around. We have Hollis on Wednesday, uh, Kennett on Friday, and Wyndham on Saturday. So that, that middle stretch to me there is going to you know, tell us an awful lot about where we, where we are and what kind of seed we're going to have. We're, we're already here, you know, uh, 20 minutes into the first – podcast a week before the season's even started and we're looking <laughs> at the schedule and boy this isn't right uh yeah. so that's that's what <laughs> is what it is right yeah, exactly um you know looking at you mentioned um you know the d1 teams having some depth and we know there were some changes this year with you know shrinking the, i know a couple of years ago they tried to level off and even <coughs> out the divisions uh and there weren't there were some coaches that weren't too happy with that whether it be you know, playing teams they didn't want to play or playing teams they couldn't compete, it felt they couldn't compete against. Um, you know, now we're back to, like we said, 18 teams, I think, in Division Two, and yeah. then close and to it's the same and number it's, And it's going to get bigger and three. bigger with right. more teams coming right. in. Right, yeah. because um, it's, I mean, it's a sport that's growing, and you've got, you know, Alvern this year is a new team, Cole Brown recently, Campbell, uh, Interlakes. Right. Uh, I was actually surprised that I didn't even know Interlakes was, Moltenboro was, was looking at a program, and, Right. You know, they're they're in their first varsity year this year, correct? Yep. Um, but, you know, looking at D1 where it's shrunk down, 
I almost feel like that might be a little bit better in terms of the competition and the, and the quality of games moving forward. I, I, ag I agree. Um, I think it, it frees up their schedule a little bit so that the top teams can play more out-of-division games, out-of-state games, you know, so they're, they're, they're free to schedule teams that are more um, – that match up better against them. You know, I know I know BG and Pinkerton and Bedford, Sauhegan in recent years have all challenged themselves and gone out-of-state and picked up teams, um, which is a good thing for, for New Hampshire lacrosse. Um, you know, I, I think there we need to look at some creative ways to kind of level the playing field in New Hampshire because obviously there's a lot of teams they don't want to drop down to D3, right? They're they're better than that. They don't want to go they don't want to go D1 because they feel like they can't win a title in that league. So, you know, maybe we look at something where like you know you 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 play for your divisional championship and then there's one state championship, you know, and then you know yeah. making a final four for a lot of teams would be it would be making would the be, state yeah would be making the state championship, yeah. you know. So I, I think we need to kind of as a state look at that. I grew up in New York, right? And to me, winning a sectional championship w was the goal, right? Like even thinking about, you know, beating, you know, hundreds of teams in New York, like that was crazy to try and win a state championship. You know, we I grew up in a, in a league where we were playing West Genesee and my senior year, they were number one in the state and we were number four, we couldn't even get out of our own section. So, you know, it's kind of like, kind of like playing division one in, in, uh, in New Hampshire. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's a tough, problem and there really is no I don't think there's any answer yeah. it's not as I mean the the problems with football and having six divisions and going to three divisions and what people have you know no there's still people that aren't happy with that that was a tough problem and it seems like it's an easier one it was an easier one to figure out than than lacrosse um, like you said just because there are some teams that are just that further ahead of everyone else yeah I, I like the model of looking at maybe you know divisions and in because you know every team you gotta you gotta go into the team you gotta go into a season with hope right and what, what's a goal you know winning your division or winning your conference or whatever it is and so you have those smaller goals that teams can work towards and every year you know if your only goal is well we win a state championship or we make it to the state championship there's a lot of teams that have no chance of that right but you know if you make some smaller divisions or conferences and then those teams go into the season feeling like, hey, we got a shot at maybe winning our conference this year, right? And then we make it into the state playoff, right? And can we be a quarterfinalist or can we be a semifinalist, right? And then, then it feels like you're building towards something and you're accomplishing something, you know, whereas if, you know, your, your, your only goal in, in Division One is to win a state championship, well, you, you, unless you're Pinkerton or BG, oftentimes, you know, Bedford in recent years, but you just feel like you don't have a shot, you know, and, and so... Speaking of them, and I was going to ask, um, you know, aside from injuries, is there a team that can, you know, challenge Pinkerton and BG this year? Um, because it sounds like talking to a lot of coaches that that's their, you know, that aside again, aside from injuries, um, doesn't seem likely. I know Bedford, um, you know, had they kept some of the kids that ended up leaving to go to prep school this year, might have had a shot, um, you know, but. They would have been they would have been in the mix, but yeah, I mean, barring barring injuries or things like that, I, I think it is a two horse race in Division One. It really is. I mean, just the depth and the quality of talent on both Pinkerton and BG just separate them a little bit from their skill players. You know, at the face off and in the, in the goaltending. Um, you know, not to say there won't be some surprises along the way. I think I think Londonderry's got got a very good team. Uh, Coach Holly over at Exeter always puts together a good team. Um, you know, and and Sauhegan's got some kids, but they're but they're young and they don't have the depth. You know, so uh, I I actually would not be surprised if Concord was one of the top six teams this year. They have a great goaltender in Ethan Donnelly, 
uh, Donlin, and um, you know they're they're going to be they're getting better and better every year up there. What about um, you know looking down to Division Three or look, I shouldn't say looking down, but moving to Division Three. Um, you know that one, especially in the last couple of years, has really felt like it's been a little bit more wide open. Um, you know, there's a handful of teams every year. Although, although this year, we were talking earlier, um, Hopkinton kind of looks like a team that could be maybe a little bit ahead of everyone else. Yeah, from what I saw on indoor, uh, they've got some really, you know, indoor often masks a lot of things in the open field, you know, defensively riding, clearing, things like that, that you don't have to do indoors. You can look really good offensively in a small field. But from what I saw, Hopkinton has, they've got a very good goaltender. They've got great offensive skill players. They've got some guys out there that can compete at the Division II and Division I level. Now, how does their close defense look? How's their face-off situation? Those kind of things will dictate that. But, yeah, I would agree with that assessment. Um, I think we were talking earlier, if Kearsarge had not lost their goaltender, which I, I think is, is true, um, I, I, I would agree with some of the predictions out there that they would have been the favorite, them and Hopkinson. Um, but I still expect them to be a really strong team. Um, Pelham has a great youth program. They're always in the mix. They always seem to be, lately seem to be a Final Four right, team yeah. up there. Um, and they've you come know. close throughout the last couple of years. Yep, um, you know, very you, close. I would imagine the kids that are, you know, from those, yep. still remaining from those teams. I mean, it's um, you've dealt with that at times, too, where, yep. you know, kids come so close, and yep. it maybe adds a little bit of extra fire to them. Absolutely. So, and, you know, other teams traditionally, you know, Plymouth, Plymouth always has very good athletes that come out. Um, they're usually able to put together a very good program. Um, Conval in recent years has, has been, been on the rise. Um, but I, I, I think it's probably between, probably between Kearsarge, Hopkinton, um, you know, Coach Martinez, who you spoke to, uh, has done a great job of organizing and getting talent into Trinity. Um, so I would expect Trinity to be in there. Probably my final four, if I had to pick it right now, would probably be Kearsarge, Hopkinton, um, Trinity, Trinity, and, and Pelham. Let's do that. Let's pick a final. I mean, what do you? What do you? Can you feel comfortable doing that for D two? No, I mean, I, I, if you want to only pick a final three for D two, uh, that I'd be okay well, with that. We'll, we'll take Dairy Field out of the mix. If okay. I have to take okay. Dairy Your Field, next four if, best if teams. If I had to take Dairy Field out of the mix. Uh, so you guys are taking a year off, and we're you're going to go. Year, you're going to travel and play teams around the country. Um, teams that, well, we can even say teams that you know. Hopefully, our goal is to make the final four, make the championship. But teams that I would expect that that could be in our, our road on the way there. Um, I definitely, I definitely see Dover in that mix. Um, Hollis Brookline, based on based on coaching and their and their defensive uh, strong defensive unit that they're going to have. Um, Portsmouth, absolutely. Uh, Well-coached team, strong offensively, great skill players. So there's three there. And then I, I think you're, I think you're going to get either a, a Wyndham or a Merrimack Valley or a St. Thomas as, as your next one's in there. I don't know a lot about Winnicunit. Mm -hmm. I, I know they lost some some key players, but Coach Gazzo out there does a great job with the defense. Um, but yeah, I, I would say definitely my top three would be would be Dover, Hollis, and uh, and Portsmouth. In, in no particular order, and then you know, dark horses with Wyndham and in, in, uh, in Merrimack Valley, and then uh, Division One. I, I guess we're picking a, a final two outside <laughs> of BG and Pinkerton. Um, and I, you know, I hate to say that, but from everything that I've heard, you know, they're both, you know, going to be very strong again this year. Yeah. Um, so who would be the other two teams, or who has, who's maybe has a chance to be the other two teams in that final four? Um, you know, 
based off of tradition and, and coaching, I, li I still like Bedford. Um, I just I need to see how their skill, you know, how how do, how are their face-off guys gonna gonna do this season? Um, who are the guys that are gonna step up and put the ball in the back of the net? You know, it's hard to replace a Zach Tucci at the at the face-off X. Mm -hmm. They they controlled an awful lot of the face-offs last year. Who steps up and does that? Um, I like Londonderry. Londonderry's got a lot of nice pieces in place. They've got a strong goaltender. They're gonna have a couple nice attackmen, a couple midfielders. Defense is strong. Um, so I, I like I like Bedford and Londonderry. I think the next guys in are probably like an Exeter, uh, and I think like a, a Concord and a Hanover would probably probably battle battle for those next spots. I, I did see um, half of Bedford scrimmage last week against Andover, um, and for what I was there for, you know they they kind of held their own. Yeah. Um, just they just look so small. Um, you know they don't Longer. have any of those monsters out there like yep. the, the Gendrons or. Yep. Um, I can picture him, but is uh, Stanton from a couple of years ago? Um, just none of those kids that are just you know head and shoulders. There's no Literally, Dakota, there's no Dakota Clark yeah, blowing yeah. by people out there. Yeah, yeah drawing double teams. Yeah, yeah. so it'll be it, it'll they're gonna have to play a very um, a very unselfish team ball this year, and, and you know un, unsung heroes are gonna have to step up and put the ball in the back of the net. All right, well, uh, Coach Hitler, thank you very much for joining me. That about wraps up uh, what we've got for this week. Uh, we'd like to. Thank you once again for listening. Um, again, the Ninth, Ninth State Sports Show will be here every uh, Wednesday at Riverside Barbecue uh, in downtown Nashua around 7 o'clock recording the show. Uh, you can listen to it on Thursday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com. Got a bunch of other stuff coming up on the website this week. Uh, we'll take a closer look at all of the uh, boys lacrosse uh, preseason. Uh, you know, a few other notes on some teams um, from around the state. Uh, have also have a roundup of previews from... Uh, other sports, also girls lacrosse starting next week, baseball, softball, uh, tennis got underway this week. Uh, and we actually, uh, I'll be beginning the spring coverage uh, on Tuesday of next week with uh, Salem at Nashua North uh, Boys Lacrosse, which is a uh, 7 o'clock start over at Stello Stadium. So once again, uh, thanks to Coach. Uh, this is Joe Marcellina, and thank you again for listening.